listening to Spaghetti and Freddy, a podcast hosted by Blasto and Yoli, in which we discuss both spaghetti westerns and the nightmare on Elm Street film series. This is episode 25, and they're discussing A Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake from 2010, directed by Samuel Bayer. Yes, Samuel Bayer, the maker of so many 90s music videos, as we yeah. touched on last week. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I don't know how much of that ended up in the episode, but yeah, he did a, little, a good amount of music videos from the 90s. Definitely has a distinct style. You know, I did not, but I should have gone back to watch some of his music videos after watching oh. uh, this. But if yeah, I remember yeah. correctly, like he worked with Garbage. He also worked with, I think, Justin Timberlake. Some other people. The Cranberries, um, Green Day. Cranberries, Green Day. Lots so, of, yeah, like 90s bands and artists. So just off the top of my head, yeah. I mean, a few few of those bands, I remember their videos. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, vividly. like the zombie video, I can really picture pretty clearly. Oh, yeah. More on that yeah. at the bottom of the hour. That's true when we talk <laughs> about a movie. Uh, so some, let's, let's start off with some good news. Yeah, uh, definitely. So Mark... We did Mark post our yep. We posted our our screen queen episode. Mark Patton uh, actually interacted with our post, which in itself is exciting. But we knew that he was going in for surgery, so it's exciting in the sense that uh, we heard from him. Yeah, um, he's he's doing well or doing better than he was, yep. obviously, with his his medical stuff. So so that's fantastic because yeah. the trail kind of went cold. After uh, the news story came out about, about the, the GoFundMe, GoFundMe. And yeah, so so that's that's good. Yeah, and, uh, probably got quiet while he was actually having like the medical sure. care and and whatnot. But we are recording on Valentine's Day, and he posted today uh, talking about his that he's getting better uh, yeah. day by day. So that's that he is feeling well enough to walk to the park on his own and that sort yeah. of thing, which is really cool yeah. to see. Yeah. So. So that's really good news. Yeah, um, for sure. What else is new and exciting with you, Yoli? Have you watched anything lately? Yeah, I watched a couple things. As you mentioned, it is Valentine's Day today, uh, which I have, ne- I have never been a fan of the holiday. Like, not since I was a kid, I've disliked it. But uh, our friends over at Bat and Spider, the horror movie podcast that we adore and follow, uh, they're doing a special uh, supporter-only episode uh, on the film My Bloody Valentine, the original one from 1981. Bat and Spider were doing what now? Uh, the original My Bloody Valentine from 1981. Oh, yeah, yeah. For their Kofi. Yeah, they have a little, like, their their podcast is free. Anyone can listen. Anyone mm-hmm. can join the Discord. But they do have a special Kofi feed, uh, K-O-F-I, mm-hmm. um, where if you donate any amount, like, you could donate a dollar, um, and then you get access to these special videos, um, or excuse me, not videos, special episodes that they post mm-hmm. every now and again. Um, and so they said they're going to be doing one this week for My Bloody Valentine from 1981, which I had never seen before. Um, oh, okay. It's, you know, I know it's an old slasher from the 80s, but I just yeah. never... 
it, I never really came across it. I never really sought it out because, as I said, I've never been a big fan of Valentine's Day. So I just never saw this yeah. one. I was kind of aware of it. But I sat down and watched it for the first time this week, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so fun. I think it was exactly what I was in the mood for the night, mm-hmm. you know, that I went to watch it. So that, you know, that's going to also play in. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I just I thought it was such a treat. It was fun, unique slasher. It had like some cool like music, like just like funky jams. And uh, <laughs> I like the setting of the old mine. And, you know, at one point, like the teenagers get into the mine shaft carts. And I was like, yes, this is going to be awesome. Lots of dripping bloody hearts and that sort of yes. thing. So there's just a lot of stuff to enjoy. And I just had a really good time with it. I I never saw it until Dale underscore A. Uh, I found out he was a big fan of it, and yeah. I had never seen it, so I saw it a few years ago, and okay. seen it a few times, few times since. But yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I thought it was a really good time. I actually also watched the the newer remake. From, oh, cool! I don't even know, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, or something. Yeah. and it, it was okay. You know, it wasn't like awful, but I didn't. I don't, I don't think I've seen it. Okay, I mean, it was fine, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's, it just like didn't have like the charm that this older '80s version did. And again, it's mm-hmm. it's not like I'm harboring nostalgia because I've loved it for when I was a kid. Sure. I just saw it for the first time earlier this week. Yeah, and it just had a lot of um, just kind of wacky charm, cool vibes. Um, so I was really into it. The original. The original. Not, yeah. Not, not the remake. Not the remake. Would, would you recommend even watching the remake? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not like god awful. Uh, I think someone mm-hmm. could still watch it and have a good time especially if you have seen the first one because it's just kind of fun to sort of compare and see how they change things and choose to redo things so that was cool it also had care smith um who hasn't been in a ton of stuff that i've seen but i remembered him Mm -hmm. from party or excuse me not party five from dawson's creek um so i was like oh it's that guy from dawson's creek so that you know just kind of fun to see actors you haven't seen in a while It it came out a year before this before what uh, oh, sorry. The movie that we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, it was 2000, got it, got it, got it. 2000, 2009. Anyway, I feel like I need to check it out now. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the original a good amount. Yeah, I listened to Bat and Spider's episode about that. Mm. But yeah, good episode. But anyway, I I also watched a movie that I know that you watched oh. uh, called, called Valentine. Oh, yes. Because yes, yes. Uh, YouTube's Brian Rummel mm-hmm. was doing a live video feed with once again, Dale underscore A. No, we're not spider. paid. Yeah. We're not paid to say his name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they did, just did like a little review. And I don't want to speak for you, but I think you managed to fit the movie in before they did I the did. Review. I think I literally finished it maybe 20 minutes before they were going live on, cool. what was it, last Friday? Yeah. Yeah, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I watched it, I don't know, this weekend. Okay. Um had never seen it. What was it? 2000 and 2001 film. And uh, yeah, I missed this one. Like, I'm not sure if I think it was Shaw Factory, Scream Factory. You yeah. Know. yeah. Uh, they released an edition. I think that's when I kind of became aware of it. But uh, before that, I didn't know. I didn't really know it. Yeah, uh, I wasn't what, aware of it either. I'd never heard of it before. What'd you think since we actually both saw this one the first time? It was a decent little slasher. It was entertaining. It wasn't like amazing. Yeah. Like I'm not going to tell people like, oh my God, you have to see this. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I was entertained. Um, I was happy yeah. to watch it before the live chat because I kind of like to see the movies usually before they're discussed, you know, and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. It did have David Boreanaz in it, um, who mm-hmm. I remembered from the show Angel. And he was also mm-hmm. in that show Bones, but I watched more Angel mm-hmm. than I watched Bones. And somebody else was in it that I feel like was worth noting, but I can't remember uh, now. What's her name? That. 
I was harassing them about. No, it's another. Uh, D- Denise Richards. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Denise Richards is in it. Yeah. Oh, who I was thinking of, Johnny Whitworth, who played AJ in okay. Empire Records, um, which I oh, love. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love Empire right. Records. So I was like, oh my god, it's Johnny Whitworth. And again, another actor who yeah. I haven't really seen in a ton of stuff. So just kind of exciting um, yeah. to see him in something. So I thought that was kind of fun. But yeah, you know, as far as like a holiday flick or whatever, it's, there's not a ton of Valentine's Day movies, I don't think. So it was a it was a fun little little jaunt. Yeah. What did you I... think? I generally enjoyed it. Um, I think I'm finding, and this feels like a trendy thing, and I'm not trying to be trendy, but uh, it feels like people are finding, it. well, I was, I started down the road of watching all of the Final Destination films. Right, We've right. only made it one in so far, but okay. I'm watching it with, with Megan, otherwise I would have binged them. So, <laughs> um, but if I get to go ahead to watch it on my own, I will. Yeah. But, uh, but, so I'm having nostalgia for that era because there definitely is a feel to it. And I feel like Valentine fits in with the feel of that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though the director said that he was trying to do a callback to the like slasher era. Slashers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the movie, while from a plot standpoint, my kind of callback to that, it's totally a 2001 style. Yeah, it, it felt it, you know, newish. Just, yeah. And it felt like it was. 2000. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it was it had a soundtrack it was trying to sell too. You <laughs> yeah. know, it was definitely in that era. Um and overall it was fine and entertaining. I don't know. But it was fine. Yeah. It, it works was okay. Fun to, you know, see the movie and support our friends and hear a fun discussion I, on it. That's interactive because it's live, so we were, yeah. you know, in the chat commenting and interacting mm-hmm. and that was fun. They did a good job going live. So, oh, absolutely, and, absolutely. But, but yeah, I I thought the movie was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, which you know what honestly that's the most i could hope for for movies like that yeah exactly so oh then i did the joe bob event with the bat and spider crew oh right i was for, hoping we for... weren't gonna talk about this because i don't want to talk about that movie <laughs> well, I, I forgot <laughs> well i think we should just talk about it and not talk about it um but the first movie was oh uh, right i was kind of in and out for that one i'd even log because i was like too. i didn't feel like i really watched it properly me too. First one was Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge. The only thing I want to mention about that was, well, for, first of all, it's the first movie, even though it sounds like it's a sequel. But uh, right, the, right. Ma- Not the, a sequel. the mall, the mall they filmed in is the same mall that did Shopping Mall, but it's also the same mall they used in Terminator Two. Was it the Sherman Oaks Galleria? The mall. It might have been. I'm not sure. That's I, in that's in the valley. I know right where that is. I pass by okay. it on the four hundred five all the time. That's um, funny. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that it's uh, that mall shows up in so many movies. Yeah, the the movie I really can't say a ton about because I was the same way. Kind, kind of, of in and out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the second movie, I <laughs> I walked away from because I just I sat through the second movie. I'll just say what the title was. It was necromantic is that the right mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. and uh i i'm fine with violence and things in right. movies that are but it there's a few lines and it crossed the line and i didn't know it was going to cross the line and joe bob god love him you <laughs> know that he's he's the reason to watch i would mm-hmm. go back and 
fast forward past the movie and watch just his bits. Yeah, a couple times I also almost turned it off or walked away, but then like kind of yeah. right when I was about to do that, like it would cut to Joe Bob, and then yeah. like he, the things he was saying were like interesting, and you know, both was, about the he, movie yeah. and just some of the random trivia in general, because like they were in Vegas, and yeah. I really enjoyed the Joe Bob segments, and so Me I would kind of like I was like, all right, keep watching, and then I think some people started tagging out, but I could tell because I think I, mm-hmm. I had looked and I saw it was a seventy minute movie, which is going to be a little bit longer, with, uh, you know, the, the interruptions. Yeah for the the commentary but i was kind of like i know this is like almost over so i kind of made myself mm, just mm-hmm. stick it out just to have that sense of completion yeah um, blame but yeah I, I never want to revisit it again and it's not honestly <laughs> yeah the neck because necro necromantic or whatever so mm-hmm. there was necrophilia involved mm-hmm. in the movie it was a german film i think from the 80s i'm not sure the 70s anyway the necrophilia was not even the most disturbing part Agreed. um it was there's a handful of animal violence in the movie and yes. that was that was the most disturbing and the worst part and that's what really makes yep. me not me never want to revisit again me too me too yeah. and I so mean, it's a warning is... for everybody too yeah like... Like, yeah i guess you should say that if i knew that i never would have watched the movie but there was yeah. no warning and i and then you kind of just... get sucked in and yeah. yeah well i sat through the scene that basically was the worst of what i was going to see i guess i guess and so i'm like okay i lived through it might as well just keep going. There, there was I, a couple I, things, though. And, okay. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a couple things that there was a scene that made me cringe, but it was a movie. And it was cringe in the way that it's a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, ultimately, I just didn't feel like it was worth my time. <laughs> I just And I'm like, I kind of just want to go read. And so I did that instead. Yeah, good for you. And, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I, we will never speak of it again. <laughs> yep. I've done enough Joe Bob marathons where I'll be there to, like, you know, we're on separate. There's three hours difference for us. Right. And I'll be there till like two or three in the morning yeah, finishing up the marathon. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I'm beat the next day and yeah. it's worth it sometimes, but this is not worth it. Yeah. And this was actually my first Joe Bob experience because uh, I've never had Shutter before. Other Like I did a one week trial once before. Mm-hmm. And then this time I, I used like another email address and did another like mm-hmm. one week trial. So because I, I wanted to join in the event. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So but it was my first time actually watching the, the last drive in with Joe Bob Briggs. And so, yeah, what an initiation <laughs> this was. Seriously, you went in the, the deep end. But I will say he was on fire that night he had yeah. a lot of great information all and those vegas her- factoids are so fascinating i love really it. cool yeah you should while you still have shutter go back and watch any other episode just find yeah. some movies you're interested in because honestly uh typically it's the movies are much better just yeah. as a whole anyway so yeah i think we're probably good to talk about our feature film all right it's up to you anything yeah. else new and exciting um, I did watch one other movie. It was okay. called The Fifth Chord from 1971. Oh, I feel like I've heard of it. Yeah. It's like a giallo. giallo. Okay. Yeah. That's probably um, why I've heard of it. Tell me about it. Uh, Franco Nero's in it. He's like the Ooh. main guy. Uh, he plays um, kind of a drunk guy, an alcoholic. Um, but there's like a series of murders going on. And he's an alcoholic and he's also a journalist. So he's kind of like following the story of these murders, um, following the trail. Um, And a lot of the the victims, people being targeted are people like in his life or in his neighborhood. So the police start getting suspicious of him as well, since he seems to be like he keeps turning up in the same areas. Yeah. So it was by a director called Luigi Bazzoni. And it was a decent little 
little giallo. I mean, I'm, I'm no like expert on that genre, but I've seen a, a few. And I don't know if it would be quite as captivating if it wasn't for Franco Nero. His performance is really sure. good in it. Um, and that definitely elevated the movie. Um, and it was also shot really beautifully. Some really cool cinematography. Um, very nice to look at. Um, some of the scenes and the framing of stuff. So that also helps kind of elevate things. Otherwise, I think it probably would have been like a little middle of the road average type. I mean, it, it kind of still was. But I think because of Franco Nero's performance and how... Um, how beautifully it was shot it did make it pretty enjoyable um, i gave it three and a half stars but yeah it was pretty good it was pretty fun so if you're a fan of the genre or a fan of franco nero which maybe listeners are since we're obviously covering a bunch of spaghetti westerns on this podcast um check it out it's on like tubi and voodoo free and the roku channel so it's out there if you want to check it out that's cool yeah yeah Thought it was worth uh, mentioning because of franco <laughs> yeah totally yeah i'm hit and miss with cello films mm-hmm. um and it's like you said though it totally relies on a factor like an actor or actress that you really like to make it yeah you know good it's like and the work. story was a little you know i don't know if it was the writing or the plot itself that was like falling a little short but the other elements like i said made it enjoyable like Dario argento mm-hmm. his cello films i don't really love cat and nine tails but i like bird with a crystal plumage mm-hmm. so you know it all depends it's yeah. not like i just blindly love giallo films across the board right right well so yeah i never knew he was in a in one so i think it but, might be uh the only one he was in i feel like i saw oh, someone okay. comment that in one of the reviews so I, I don't know that for sure but yeah i was like oh. hmm. interesting yeah i had the same reaction yeah yeah i would be intrigued but uh okay now right. yeah now i think we're ready ready, ready. for freddy ready for freddy uh, fake um, freddy i was just gonna say yeah this is uh uh ah. this is generic freddy your, your off-brand freddy mm, yeah uh the film that brings back horror icon freddy krueger is a darker and more sinister character than ever before while freddy is on the prowl a group of teenagers being stalked sooner and they all have a common factor making them targets for this twisted killer But, okay, so this movie is very controversial, I will say, in that it was a box office success, Mm -hmm. and it was a critical failure, so much so that the creators behind it were basically like, their phone did not ring for 10 years or something Mm -hmm. ridiculous. This is my third time seeing it, ever. So, uh, with that being said, it was your first time, correct? Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. So, I'm very curious to see what you thought of it. And this being my third time, I've never watched it after I had more recently watched all the others. Right. Yeah. So, that was a new experience for me. Um, but yeah, let's let's dig in to uh, Dollar Store Freddy. So, they call it a remake. And then I think I read somewhere that like some people consider it more of a reimagining, which I think is valid because it wasn't, mm-hmm. it was definitely not just a flat out remake of like the first one um, or any of them really agreed. It took some elements, some scenes, uh, some names um, from the original and uh, incorporated them into the movie. Mm -hmm. But it was, it was still very different, different characters, uh, different overall 
story and sequence of events. Um, although, like I said, it did include like some scenes and elements and things from the original, which I thought was kind of like one, one of the funnest parts about it to be like, oh, like, you know, they're doing that scene or they included mm-hmm. that or whatever. Or even something like one of the characters wearing like uh, pajamas that have like a 10 on it, you know, kind of like Glenn, like like just little things like that, kind of like calling yeah, back yeah. to the original. So I appreciated that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, I think the worst part of it was probably mm-hmm. Freddie. And that's not to disparage the actor himself. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he probably did everything he could for the role. And that's fine. I think it's more of an issue of... Robert England just bringing that character to life so much in the previous films and um, just Freddie having such a personality that is just like links to Robert England and the way he plays him and the way he portrays him that to have someone else, anyone else, phenomenal actor come in sure. and try to reprise that that role is just it just felt all wrong. Like one of my my first notes from when he did appear was like Freddie looks weird. Like, you know, yeah. he looked super weird. And then, you know, a few more scenes and I was like, he sounds weird too. And then I just wrote, it's all wrong. Like, <laughs> underlined, like, Freddie was just all wrong, you know? And again, I, it's not the fault of the actor. It's just one of those things mm-hmm. where it's like, when something is so established and so iconic and so beloved, it's like, yeah. you can't just stick someone else in that role and like, it's just not the same. Yeah, I, maybe sure. someone who had never seen any of the films or had no idea, mm-hmm. I, like I'd be interested to, to to hear what what they thought about it. But it wasn't mm-hmm. really the Freddy in this movie wasn't really working for me. So I have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. I was trying to compare this Freddy to Nightmare on Elm Street One's Freddy, just to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Before he got quippy, obviously... for example. Yeah, and and before you had a history with the character, you know, mm-hmm. just to kind of compare a one to one. I'm not saying that that's the reality that we live in, meaning the Friday the 13th movie that they put out was kind of marketed, well, not marketed, but um, talked about as a best of, where they sort of took things from the first three uh, Friday the 13th movies and slammed them together. Mm -hmm. Sorry, but I like it. I enjoy that movie. I think it's they did a good job modernizing some of the things and just cutting out the fat and giving mm-hmm. you some of the key things from those first few movies. Okay. Um, so with this, I don't feel like, you know, they felt that formula by any means. Uh, like you said, not a reimagining. Well, yeah, I mean, not a, not a remake, remake, more of a reimagining, but a reimagining. Yeah. And while, you know, there's a Nancy in it, mm-hmm. um, I think, I don't know if any of the other characters shared the same names even. I don't think so. No, I don't think I think, think Nancy, so. Nancy was the only name that was the we same. We did have a Jesse, so I don't know if that was supposed to be kind of a callback to part two at all, or if it was just a Maybe. coincidence. But yeah, other than that. And then yeah. Nancy was also like a very different Nancy. Like they shared the same name, and she was sort yep. of the heroine of the film, or the, the final girl of the film, but very different character. Oh yeah, a totally different character. I So I guess what I like is that they... And we'll dig into this more, but that they first of all, let me say this. First time I watched this movie, I, I hated it, mm-hmm. which I've heard of other people who saw it like three times in a row, more or less. And by the end, they hated it because they started mm-hmm. to pick it apart. Seeing it the third time, I didn't hate it as much as I did the first time or probably even the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was really trying to separate it from everything that came before it and just sort of look just at it. Watch it. Yeah. Totally on its own. And somehow I managed to do that this time, which gave me a different perspective. 
Um, did that make the experience better for you or it did. It's okay. so much better. I'm not saying I love the movie by any means, but I'm saying uh, it's funny. My, we have different points of view, but there's all the factors I just mentioned of, you know, the, for this is your first exposure. I've seen it multiple times. Mm -hmm. uh, and I like uh, Jackie Earl Haley mm -hmm. that plays Freddie mm -hmm. as an actor, which that aside doesn't really matter if I like him or not, uh, because his performance is just very unique to this movie. I Meaning, it's not like oh, he's doing that thing he always does. It's yeah, you know, it, it's a unique performance. Um, this Freddie, I what I like about the movie is, I mean, Freddie is while well, he's still a small guy, uh, Jackie's like a five four guy. Um, obviously, they use film magic to make him look however they want yeah but uh um, was never been like huge per se so that's no doesn't feel no. that out of the ordinary really yeah 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 he's not a jason he's not a michael myers and he doesn't need to be you know so. he's got his own kind of powerful stuff exactly exactly um and they went full burn victim with this one you know with the way he looks in terms of his weirdness uh and then the rest of his outfit's pretty much the same i do you feel like this is maybe the creepiest Freddy? Um, and I think that weirdness, like you said, could be part of it. But even comparing it maybe to Freddy in the first movie, I, I'd still say he's creepier. And I think to me, part of it's because they did play up the child. He wasn't even a child murderer in this one. He was just a child molester, which was always right. sub became subtext in the others, but they played it up in this one. And yeah. I think it was it disturbing yeah, as it should it be like and, a darker element to it yeah yeah it just felt much darker and he uh, spoilers from this point on um he had a connection with the kids that he knew the kids when he was uh when they were yeah. young he like was he a gardener worked at, at the preschool that they all yep. attended yeah he was a gardener at the preschool and he basically talked to the kids about, I've got the secret cave or whatever. I want to come see this. And, and so it was implied and the kids showed up with scars and their parents went after him and torched him alive. Vigilante justice. So that part yep. is kind of the same. Yeah. Yep. And I thought that was entertaining to see. We, we saw it through a dream sequence, mm -hmm. but uh, well, Freddie was having one of the kids witness it. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting to see. And uh, Molotov cocktail, and then he goes up in flames, and it, it kind of tied together some of the like the boiler room, yeah. uh, where where he died versus mm -hmm. his uh, his it, it basically like the boiler room from Nightmare Two, like where it was. Uh, 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 oh my god, just stuttered like a madman. Uh, not a boiler room, but like a factory area. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Made me think of Nightmare Two, where they show the dogs and yeah going in. Mm -hmm. um so it ties some of the visuals together well i i like that there was a history between him and the kids it was him going after the kids and not the parents uh right, initially right. Mm -hmm. it just i thought that was interesting um and freddie himself I, I i actually didn't really have a problem with him i thought he did a good job because as soon you know you have to accept that robert england is robert england freddie and just mm -hmm. completely wipe it and go, this is a creepy child molester dude. And you get to see him some before the transformation. You get to see him after. And I like the way that he kind of did play more cat and mouse in this. Um, I'm trying to think. 
because my my likes are going to run out really quick. Uh, and yeah, for me, I like the kind of what tied everything together. Mm-hmm. Past that, that's about it, I think. Um, this movie had a lot of problems otherwise. Uh, I, but but yeah, I've been talking for a bit. Uh, feel okay. free to jump in. One of the things that I've always loved about Freddy. Mm-hmm since you know growing up and everything is that he had personality and i don't even mean like just the fact that he makes the quips and stuff which kind of evolved Mm -hmm. over time and over the course of the movies but just the fact that he really did have this kind of person even the first one it's like it's Mm -hmm. not quite as like snippy quickie quippy but like he did kind of like you know kind of talk some shit and stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and he's stretchy arms yeah and i've always really enjoyed that in this case like the freddy Mm -hmm. was it's a little darker so maybe like Mm -hmm. scarier in that sense but there's something about it that was just like lacking for me. Like I, I like having my Freddy with like a little bit of personality, a little bit of humor. It doesn't have to be totally like quippy and jokes, uh, nonsense all the time. But I don't know. This version just really wasn't doing it for me. Maybe it's because I'm too attached yeah. and too married to the idea of the Robert England Freddy. That's you, very you, well you possible. Are, you are married to Robert England Freddy. <laughs> so, uh, on this Valentine's Day. So. Um, yeah, well, but yeah, it just it, felt, it just felt all wrong to me. I think that's part of it too. Like, ignore his dialogue, ignore scary or not scary. But uh, even in that first movie where he was more like serious, less quippy, mm-hmm. like the alley scene where his arms stretched, there's yeah. that surreal element of Freddy himself, not just the yeah. environment. This movie tries to do some environmental surrealism, but they never. Freddy's mess... very like straightforward. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Freddy is very. Exactly. He's a guy in the outfit who is not really, I'm trying to think of a single scene where he does anything that's supernatural to his, to himself. Um, no, I don't he think doesn't. There, no. I don't think there are any, which that, if anything, I mean, I'm not, the movie has terrible CG. When it uses CG, it's yes. awful. It's got awful. I was going to comment on that. And I'm actually, I know sometimes people will kind of say like, oh, this was a CGI mess and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I tend to not be one of those people. I don't know Me what too. it is. I always had a very active imagination as a child. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very easy for me to kind of get sucked into and like just caught up in movies or whatever's sure. on the screen and to kind of just accept the, the fantasy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so if there's like, quote unquote, bad CGI, it's not usually something that stands out to me in a lot of films. Like I'm usually, I mean, unless I'm just totally not into the film for whatever reason, but if it's like a story um, that, you know, that I'm enjoying, I'm into the movie. It's like that kind of stuff doesn't really stick out or bother me typically. Yeah. But in this case, um, and the example I was going to bring up is they did a callback um, or they included the wall, the wall, the wall wall scene that was in the first nightmare where um, Nancy or one of the characters is like in bed I don't remember if it was Nancy mm-hmm. in this movie, but in the original it was Nancy. And then the Freddy yeah. kind of comes, um, kind of seeping through the wall without fully breaking mm-hmm. through. Um, and it looks really great in the original. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they use some sort of like canvas sheet as the wall. I don't, I don't remember. I think um, it's yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. Pract- it, practical effect, really. Yeah, you know? it might have been spandex. I think because yeah. I think spandex was new back then too. Yeah, I, I think we talked about it in our episode, but we did. I, I just I don't yeah, remember yeah. like fully like the details of, of what it was, but yeah, it's it was just some sort of spandex or canvas, yeah, yeah, like a real um, physical Cloth element material. To it. Yeah. yeah, whereas in this case, it was like 
absolutely totally cgi and like mm-hmm. obvious and apparent to me and took me out mm-hmm. of it whereas again that's mm-hmm. not usually the sort of thing that'll really stand out to me or even if it catches my eye i'm you know but like in this case i was just like oh like <laughs> that yeah. looks kind of bad yeah and so. yeah and i i don't want to knock see that's the thing i don't want to knock the people who did the work right not, yeah i mean it's, it's not... very it's difficult to make a movie and there's a lot of work yeah. and effort that goes into it absolutely but it's more the choices and the planning that I want to knock, I guess, mm-hmm. because you look at that old one and I mean, to be fair, you know, it kind of was a labor of love, but it was also. It still looks incredible though. When you watch it, it now, like it's, I mean, oh, they he's, were, he's like, in the wall. <laughs> they were, they were scrappy underdogs back then. And then you're looking at this movie, which has a budget, you know, mm-hmm. and, and everything we've seen in between. This looks worse than any of the other movies. Yeah, and it's not even just a choice to use a CGI. It's just like it wasn't done well. Like yeah, it, it exactly. looked bad, at least that particular scene. Yeah. That um, one and then the scene at the end with the mother oh. just looked awful, <laughs> awful. But that right there to me um, is kind of the turning point of this movie where it mm-hmm. spells trouble mm-hmm. uh, is when we get to CGI Wall Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's when it spells trouble because before that we kind of see him in shadows and it's more realistic Freddy and in dreams or nightmares and everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some potential part of the problem with this movie too. And I'm kind of paraphrasing Robert England who commented on this movie is mm-hmm. that, like I said, paraphrasing sure. is that the movie starts off immediately with a guy in a cafe and he's drinking coffee to stay awake. The Springwood and, Diner. <laughs> yes, I like that. And Nancy happens to work at the diner as a waitress. Yeah. Uh, and oh, yeah, by the way, it's Rooney Mara playing Nancy, mm-hmm. who I later saw in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and hmm. uh, Prometheus and other things. Okay. And then if I screwed up one of those movies, sue me (laughs) she's not the worst actress in the world but you wouldn't know it from watching her in this movie she's very turns out later she really didn't want to do this movie or didn't like it or wasn't Mm, something there's some problem there but it but it shows on screen and it sucks for the audience because nancy's great this nancy is not (laughs) yeah this nancy Nancy has no charisma she has no she's just flat Mm -hmm. so but but anyway the interesting the movie jumps and sorry that I went off track. The paraphrasing Robert England is that the movie starts off already in the middle of things. So you never get to know the kids like mm-hmm. yeah, during, yeah. during, during kind of thrown at you. Yeah. 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 It's not like you get to see how happy they are together in a relationship that they have together. Like right. the original did yeah, that's before a good point. everything goes to hell. Yeah. You're just immediate dumped into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And there, so you never get that contrast of, them having a happy life before Freddy. Yeah. So. Or like, why should we care about them? Like, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, and I think that's too why I wanted to watch this movie again because I knew uh, Rooney Mara was in it and I had seen her other things since then. She's still just is so forgettable in this movie that mm-hmm. I'm not surprised I never even thought of her as anyone because it's not like, oh, who's that girl? Mm-hmm. Like, a, she's like a Samara weaving is one of those actresses where I'm like, who is she? Mm-hmm. Um, after I saw Ready or Not, you know, I wanted to see more that she was in. The cast to me just kind of reads flat. Yeah. So it's like man who looks like he's always going to cry. And then it's like <laughs> other guy and 
Uh, I don't know. Just yeah, just not and... really people you care about. Oh, there was one actor in it that I care about, but oh my goodness, I have so many notes. <laughs> I went too far. There's Highlands Drifter. <laughs> uh, uh, hold on. Oh, it's Clancy Brown, which mm. just plays the principal, I think, and like the dad of someone else. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. It's he's also oh, yeah, that guy. He throws he, the Molotov I recognized cocktail. him too. Yeah. Yeah, but he's great and everything, but it's a tiny bit role in this movie. Yeah. Um, but kind, I kind was kind of irrelevant almost. Very relevant, very forgettable. But Clancy Brown generally I really like and everything. Um, if you look at look through his uh, filmography, he's been in a ton. There's a lot of voice work too. Mm. But uh, yeah, so no no police dad for Nancy. You know they made yeah, some deliberate totally deliberate different. choices. Yeah. No no alcoholic mother. I know. I thought about that too. <laughs> mother was a very different character, but she was still in it. There's no dad character. Right. Yeah. No. So it's just interesting to see like what threads they felt yeah. were important to weave the story and what's what ones they just left behind. They had some other interesting little callbacks and like again scenes elements that they chose to include. Like for instance, uh the body bag scene from the original mm-hmm. Nightmare in which uh Tina, so the first girl who gets murdered in Nightmare One, um, she appears in Nancy's dream when she's like falls asleep in class and she's like in a body bag in the hallways at school. And so in this newer version, they also had um, the, the character Chris, who was also like mm-hmm. a blonde girl, um, appear in the body bag after she'd been murdered. So that was kind of a scene that was a callback or reminiscent of. And like, you know, I kind of appreciated that just to see some of these elements yeah. kind of woven in um, just in different ways and in a different sequence of events and that sort of thing. I also thought it was fun at one point. Um, Freddie still says, I'm your boyfriend now line which I thought was kind of fun um, and, you know, just, again, an enjoyable little callback. It was like a different kind of context, but it, yeah, he did yeah. say, like, I'm your boyfriend now. So I thought that was pretty funny. And then there was a scene with uh, Nancy, our new Nancy, mm-hmm. who instead of pulling, like, Freddie's hat into the thing, mm-hmm. she got, like, a little piece of his sweater. And, you know, mm-hmm. that, like, it got cut off and she pulled it into her world. And that's how she kind of figured that out, that, like, if you kind of hold him in the dream and pull him out, then he's he's in your world, which, you know, so that was also similar to the original. Um, and she did that to pull, you know, this Freddy into, into, into reality. But mm-hmm. at one point she says, you're in my world now, bitch. <laughs> which I so thought was good. funny because just yeah. the whole, like, bitch line with Freddy. Yeah. But it was Nancy saying it. And I thought that was kind of a little bit cute. <laughs> Me, yeah, me too. Which I don't think he says. I don't think he says "bitch" in this. No, I don't think he did. I think she was he, the one who said who yeah, said yeah. the line, and that's what made it kind of extra funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, oh, I know, I like that. Changing it did, up, and but still including that callback. He dropped the f bomb a few times, a couple times mm. in this though. Um, that's the thing too. He does say stuff. some stuff. It's not quippy. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to be menacing, but sometimes yeah. that was almost like. You're talking too much, like mm-hmm. not in a like you're too, too making too many jokes. Obviously, that wasn't the case, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Well, Again, he... I think just the Freddy wasn't working for me. So, to, to, to your point, I think just to extrapolate on your idea, because mm-hmm. I feel like I think I know what you're. I want to pick up what you're putting down. Yeah, please, please. Is that I think it's because Freddy pushes the narrative. He literally talks to the kids, and he's like, "I'm gonna make up an example, sure. but it's not. It's not this bad." But it's like. Don't you remember me, Nancy? 
from when we yeah. were you were a kid. I think I he was, literally does say like, "Don't yeah. you remember me?" At some point or something. I think he does, but he's like, "I was that gardener," but yeah. now instead of a glove, you know, instead of my uh, the the um, the gardener's spade. Uh, spade. Oh no, that's not the spades. Like from cards, it's the one with the. the oh, the three pronged like mini rake like, thing. Yes, I don't know what yes. you call that. No, but I I feel like we're playing charades right now. Great, <laughs> this makes for great audio. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, they're like, oh, that turns into his claw, and I just feel like he was like explaining these things to the kids. Yeah. Like he really He's like, wanted. You smell different. Yes, yes, yes. That I was, like, was a line up. from it. Just shut yeah. up, fake so. Freddy. <laughs> but um, yeah, they. <laughs> he talks a lot. He does. Is, it felt different. like too much. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I, I so I don't mean to be so I negative. I I just didn't care. No, 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 no. This movie. And again, I, it's not about the actor's performance. Yeah. It's, I yeah. think it has more to do with like what's come before, and that I'm super attached sure. to it. And it was hard for me yeah. to separate and enjoy yeah. in that way. You got to keep them separated. Should I should have had you listen to that? And, and did, did Samuel Bayer direct that, that direct that video? That's from the it's, 90s. Yeah, you know what? I was going to say no, but now I want to see, actually. Because I thought... I think he might have see. done Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, wow. I that's, think. That's the big one. Uh, he did He did do an offspring, but it looks like it was Gotta Get Away. So, mm. which which Gotta I don't remember that video. From me. No, I don't remember the video either. I don't either. Okay. <laughs> so it looks like he might have gone back to music videos because I see a 2021 Offspring and 2022 Pearl Jam. So Okay. And this was apparently his feature film debut. Yeah. But to your point, I, which you mentioned earlier about the crew members not really getting called for work after this movie, like I wonder if it actually kind of hurt his career. It, well, I mean, I don't even know it, if he was wa- trying to be a filmmaker per se because apparently he turned either. down uh, the opportunity to direct this twice and then finally the third time mm-hmm acquiesced but so i don't know it looks like this is the only film he did okay maybe it just wasn't his his bag i mean david fincher is a famous music video director to director you know um who did fight club zodiac social network all yeah i I didn't know he did music videos i I didn't realize yeah he did he did rem's losing my religion if oh, I remember correctly, I used to be huge into music videos, so I just have factoids. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm that's why, like, as soon wrong. as I saw the name Samuel Bayer, I was yeah. like, he's directed a bunch of music videos. Like, immediately, I was like, yeah. zombie. <laughs> yeah, he did yeah. do Smells Like Teen Spirit, can, can confirm. Cool. Which, yeah. I mean, that, that was a huge, huge song, huge video, you know. And it's funny because, well, let's talk about that. While watching the movie, um, I did watch the behind the scenes thing, which was basically just tooting its own horn. <laughs> and he was he, he wasn't in it in the behind the scenes. It was just um, this was on your DVD or whatever. Yeah, the or Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Cool. And it, and it was part of a three. I had to take the uh, open the plastic to watch it. It was mm-hmm. the Nightmare remake, Friday the Thirteenth remake, and Freddy vs. Jason. I was gonna say, wasn't it open already from Freddy vs. Jason? No, nope, because that came in the jason box oh set. your box i see yeah so gotcha. i watched that edition of it okay and i i don't know i think i honestly have another set with two of these movies <laughs> or something and i don't know you're well it's, prepared I think, uh, I think it's in my discard pile so i don't <laughs> know but anyway yeah so everyone was talking about the movie and they're like oh he's such a vision 
with the way it's done. And then they showed a few shots and I'm like, oh yeah, that shot does look kind of cool. But yeah. while, while watching the movie, I was not, it's not like watching the cell and you're like, wow, this is yeah. very, very visually unique, which I mm-hmm. believe was another music video director who did that, which I should look up, but I don't know. Whoever's listening to this, stop driving, pull over and look it up. Look it up yourself. I mean, it was shot well. It didn't look bad, with the exception of like some of the CGI stuff, like we mentioned. But it also yeah, wasn't it was just... like super memorable either. No, not like, at all. It was like okay, it, he's it... capable, you know. Yeah, yeah. I did think. Um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm unfortunately going to butcher this Indian name, <laughs> but the director of the cell, I just wanted to give him credit, was Tarsim Singh. Okay. So. Uh, but I want to see what he, sorry. Okay. You know what? I'm glad I brought this up. He look, look how it all comes around. He was the director who did REMs losing oh. my religion. <laughs> it's all jumbled up so, in your head. <laughs> it is. It is jumbled up in my head from something. So yeah, that's you're on what the right did. track though. Yeah. So now I want to see what David Fincher directed. Um, you were about to say something. And that, why don't you say it, and then I'll interrupt you with uh, <laughs> something totally irrelevant. Um, I was just going to say that I enjoyed. I thought the score was decent. Mm-hmm. Um, it was oh. a new a new score, a new composer, but he did incorporate uh, not throughout the whole film, but at the beginning they did have a brief little sting of like the original uh, nightmare theme, the do 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 do, like yeah. that that bit. But in general, like when the movie first opened, the opening sequence and it had this like music, the score. It was obviously not the same music from the previous films, but it, it felt reminiscent of, um, <clears throat> and I liked the vibe. Um, so I thought I thought the music was was decent. Good score. I will yeah. jump on to what you just said. Mm-hmm. With uh, I did also like the incorporation of the one two of Freddy's coming for you, yeah. which they did they did have in it, mm-hmm. and it tied into a whole. It it kind of made sense in the context of this film. Yeah. Whereas I had always said, "Where did this nursery rhyme come from?" With the previous films. Right. Right. This is kind of fit in a little better. Uh, it, you can tell I'm dancing around it because I don't want to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> but just trust. Just trust me. So let's see. Hey, David Fincher directed. Uh, he did. Oh, that's right. He did a Perfect Circle. Did Nine Inch Nails. Aerosmith. Some Madonna. Michael Jackson, Billy Idol. Which Aerosmith did he do? I'm curious. He did. Janie's Got a Gun. Oh, okay. He did Interesting. it. Iggy, Iggy Pop, uh, more Billy Idol, more Madonna. Paul which, Abdul. Which Billy Idol? He did L.A. Woman. Okay. He did Cradle of Love. Oh, I remember that video. Big one. Uh, he did, oh, he did Rory Orbison. It's, oh, wow. I like Rory. Yeah, uh, he me did. Too. He, he did "Straight Up" by Paul Abdul. That's Straight a pretty up, popular one. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I, lo- I love me some Paula. Like in the all, sixth grade. <laughs> all of these, I want to break into song, and I refuse. <laughs> which Madonna uh, song did he do? Which Madonna? He did a, a few. Oh. Um, I scrolled past. Let me look. I will give you one. Okay. Uh, just <laughs> here, let me use. Uh, he did Vogue. By Madonna. Oh, interesting. That was a cool video. I'll, I'll, I'll give the you black a few. And white. Yeah. Yep. He, he did Oh Father, Express Yourself. Oh, I remember that one too. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Those three. So. He didn't do uh, Like a Prayer, did he? I always liked the nope. Like a Prayer video. Yeah. The Burning no. Crosses. Yeah. And Brunette iconic. Madonna. Yeah. Remember when she was British? 
<laughs> I was just talking to, uh, the other day about Is that, that when like, she was dating Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know if she was at the time. Okay. I really don't. But she was doing some movie and she was British and I, I, I'm not going to trash Madonna, but I just know recently there's, you know, she was in headlines and stuff for being wacky. And um, I, I just said she should have just stuck with British. Just <laughs> embrace, embrace that. So uh, let's see. But yeah, anyway, so David Fincher. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. The yeah. more you know. Yeah. So the movie. Uh, I don't mind talking <laughs> little, about little music I, tangent. <laughs> I don't mind talking about the other things. No, um, no. So, oh, by the way, uh, this is another tangent. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> what, what else were you talking about? Fake Freddy? I mean, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The uh, I'm keeping it upbeat and positive. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Scream Queen episode, I've been getting a lot of really good feedback from people. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Saying it was, uh, it's basically that. People are just like, that was a really good episode. Oh, I yay. I want to check out the movie. But just in general, people like the episode. Oh, I love so, that. Yeah, so I'm glad to hear that. And I'm always just amazed that anyone even listens. So I know, right? So, so thanks for the feedback. Yeah. Um, even even if you're not writing it directly, just contacting us or whatever. So, yeah, that's uh, so, so cool. That, that's great. Um, okay, so I will wrap up this movie, and then we'll just throw random thoughts. Uh, in the end, oh, we have to mention this, I guess, because everyone else has, but micro naps. They talk oh, about I, yeah. I didn't think it was that big a deal. It was like I didn't think it was. I I didn't either. But apparently, I didn't other really see do. the difference between like you know Nancy dozing off in class or mm -hmm. like someone sitting there and like you know the next thing you know they're in a dream. So it's like oh they fell asleep. But yeah, I guess it's like a micro nap. Like whatever. yeah, which which is just basically someone does some research in the library or bookstore. Uh, it was mm -hmm. hard to tell because I. I don't know. I was splitting hairs yeah. at that point. It has to do with being sleep deprived, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just says like you will basically have micro naps when you're tired, and then if you still don't get enough sleep after a certain amount of time, you will go into a coma from lack right. of sleep. Which, which, yeah, I mean, if people don't sleep for prolonged, like yeah, you're gonna get sick, you're gonna get disoriented, and start to have yeah. mental issues, hallucinate. And, yeah, yeah. It just it didn't uh, seem like that novel to me. I was like, oh, I guess we didn't call it micronaps before it was kind of just like dozing off in you yeah. know or kind but... of didn't need an explanation yeah. but i guess i guess in terms of this movie it was a ticking clock um so it was i think it worked i think it was okay for that because basically it was their way of saying like hey you have to confront and solve this problem otherwise you will be stuck in that realm forever yeah and you will become more vulnerable the longer you prolong this sure. thing yeah. so figure it out quick yeah so that's okay the one guy was taking lots of drugs to stay awake yep um yep. and they had the a Adderall. thing where he was in the hospital they i forget why they were in the hospital pharmacy he went to a pharmacy to get a refill unless you're talking about well, a different no but there scene. was a scene where they were actually in the hospital i don't know if one of their friends yeah. was in the hospital and that's why they were there i don't quite recall the details Yep. But they showed him going over to, like, a nurse's cart in the hospital and, like, trying to presumably steal more, like, drugs to stay awake, you know? Mm -hmm. But he winds up stealing, like, adrenaline from the hospital. Oh, yeah. And he gives yep. himself a shot of adrenaline to help stay awake before him and Nancy go off to, you know, fight Freddy or whatever. And he yep. offers her some and she refuses because she just, I don't know, she didn't want to take drugs or whatever. 
yeah, not that that's like did. drugs exactly per se but yeah uh later when they when she goes to sleep to try to pull him into reality or like whatever um she's struggling and like her her friend quentin or whatever is supposed to like wake her up mm-hmm. but he had also dozed off and gotten like harmed by freddie he was like mm-hmm. not dead but like he got slashed across the chest so he was kind of in bad shape but he saw her struggling even though he was like hurt he had enough um strength or whatever to still try to like shake her and wake her up but she wasn't waking up so then he ends up getting the adrenaline shot that he had procured from the hospital and like jabbing that into her chest to like bring her you know um out of her sleep state but it was kind of reminiscent of like you know stabbing uma thurman in pulp fiction oh, with, yeah. the, <laughs> with the adrenaline shot but yeah. I, thought, I thought that was kind of fun and a I fun way like... to like loop that back in from earlier from him stealing it or whatever yeah, yeah. and I, I and i did like how that was shot. I actually made note of that, which I have been. I have not been referencing my notes as I'm going all over. <laughs> well, that's okay. Um, I mean, but you're, you're conversing, was, so you're good. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I can always talk. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. Uh, but the shot originally, Nancy was in the dream, and Freddie was just about to stab her on the bed with his claws, mm-hmm. and there was the the visual parallel with the claws going down, right. and then the, and the, the needle, the needle going yeah. in. Right? Yeah, that was a nice cross cut between yeah. the two, yeah. and then it seems like she got stabbed with freddie's glove when in reality it was the adrenaline shot yeah and then and she that's when Fred, yeah freddie gets pulled into real life yeah and uh i don't know if you watched the alternate ending if you had that in no i just year. rented it so it was just oh, okay straight up whatever okay theatrical so, version i guess um it wasn't much different other than they beat up and beat freddie up some and oh. the version that's in the movie is better the other one, she kind of took him on one-on-one and just set him on fire. She, like, hit him and then set him on fire and, I don't know, beat him up more in a different way. Yeah. Uh, uh, this one, she chopped his glove hand off, which is, right. you know, smart. Yeah, yeah, and, it is. And then, uh, then attacked him and then they killed him. Oh, oh, the other thing about the alt ending was that Freddy had turned his face back to the non-burnt face in the dream. Mm. So when he got pulled through, he looked like the old Freddy. And then mm. that's when they killed him. So Interesting. that was a choice that they made. Nancy burns Freddy's sex dungeon. That's what he wrote down. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. The... they burn up the room. That were he... I guess he yeah. took his kids or whatever. Oh, yeah. They had a letter opener. That's what they were using to attack Freddy. Slice his hand off. and then... Oh, yeah. Then they cut his neck. Um... Anyway, I guess Michael Bay was one of the producers, which I was kind of like, did. what? Like Michael Bay? <laughs> I did see that. I did Mr. see that. You know, big budget action movie guy. I was like, interesting that he was involved in this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure he invested a lot of things. Well, I mean, financially it did well. So he yeah. did a good job yeah. <laughs> with his money. So. Yeah, I don't really have strong feelings about him either way. I just thought it was interesting, like especially for this type of film. I was like, oh, never really seen seen his name on like horror type stuff that I that I can recall. Same here, but maybe I'm not looking hard enough. Uh, but the ending, they do the thing of Freddy's dead, and then Nancy's back home from the hospital. It's all yeah, pretty yeah. Ra- pretty wraps up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cuts, and then she's her mom standing in front of a mirror, and she's just like, "Nancy, I'm so glad you're okay." And then she's like, "So am I. I love you, mom, or whatever." <laughs> now I'm just making my own dialogue. Yeah. And th- uh, uh, 
And then oh, similar yeah. to the original where Freddy, yes. you know, where the mom's in front of the front door and then like Freddy's arm kind of yes. juts through the little mini window in the door and pulls yes. her through. He does the same thing, but from the mirror this time and kind mm-hmm. of pulls the mom in. So again, a bit of an homage in a way, even though they kind of do yeah. it a little differently. Which I like that modernization and that idea, that concept. Of course, the execution, pun intended, and also <laughs> not, because uh, he claws her in the head and then pulls her into the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um I like the mirror visual and everything. Sure. That's a cool idea. But uh, plus, I mean, it's both ridiculous in the original movie, but also sure. iconic. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but anyway. And it looks pretty good. Even though they used a dummy and all that, like it happens so oh, fast. Yeah. It, like, it looks yeah. pretty convincing in that first movie. In the first movie, it is alarming because it looks off. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. It's mm-hmm. it, it's good to leave you feeling unsettled. Yeah. Uh, with this one, it's just it kicks you out of the movie because it's so CG that <laughs> you're paying more attention to like how the effect is done um, than the context. Yeah. Of what's happening, which is unfortunate. It's not like oh god, he's not gone. It's more of like, oh, did you see that? Like, <laughs> what is that... happening? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Many many years later. Uh, Rooney Mara and Haley, uh, not is that even his name? No, I'm mixing his know. name. I don't. I don't really know any of these people's names. The guy that played <laughs> Freddie. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, he, they signed on for two or three movies, and then uh, and then I nobody he, nobody wanted more movies. <laughs> yeah, he, he was on for three, and I think she was on for two, and then mm. just radio silence. So yeah, it yeah. So so it could have happened, and it didn't happen, but. I thought it was crazy. I was just skimming the wiki before we started recording. And apparently, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like you said, the film received generally negative reviews from critics who criticized its writing, acting, and the film's lack of depth and empathetic mm-hmm. characters, praised Bayer's direction and faithfulness to the 1984 film. Despite this, so despite it like not really being that well received, it grossed mm-hmm. over $63 million at the domestic box office and over $117 million worldwide, making it the highest grossing film in the franchise. And I was, I was like, whoa, really? That's insane. Like, the irony of that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, I mean Freddie had been off screens for the longest period of time ever. If yeah, you think about so it. I'm sure that you know the people who were fans wanted to see it. There was a new audience mm-hmm. that wanted to see it, um, but still, it's just crazy. And you know, it's like it wouldn't have done that well if it hadn't been so built up by you know the previous film's notoriety and all that. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting yeah. that it totally surpassed like all the previous films. Just like that's wow. nuts because it's like it's not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's. It could have been worse. I think. Like. Yeah. It, it wasn't like the most god awful horrible thing I've ever seen. But no. no. It was like not good either. <laughs> I don't I... really feel like I need to really ever see it again. Like not because it was that bad, but just because I kind of don't care and like that's not my Freddy, you know. Yeah, it's been a good amount of years for me now. Enough so that I had forgotten. A- about a lot yeah. of it well and you didn't have much so. of a choice i mean like we have to watch we're doing oh, this yeah. podcast and we're you know choosing to watch these movies you couldn't just be like no i watched it i'm good <laughs> like you kind of had to watch it again i was excited to see it honestly because right we had because we had watched all the others so recently and just been immersed and yeah. everything and then even you know i'm watching the credits differently and i'm like oh there's robert shea and i'm like who yeah. the hell's robert <laughs> like so oh, oh you mean bob yeah bob. so you know, it was a different investment level. Um, but with that being said, I also wasn't being ultra precious over it this time because 
it was so far removed from everything else in my yeah. opinion yeah you know that i was able to accept it for what it was i will say this this is a true crime mortal kombat 9 i think came out and they had both freddy and jason in it that you could play as except it was this version of freddy oh no criminal criminal yeah so awful hmm. and i i think it was just a rights thing that yeah. came out years after this did i think so um it was i think it was number nine so but yeah it's like no one wants to play this, this version of freddy sorry <laughs> so but anyway any, so that's that's the real tragedy any other closing remaining thoughts no i think oh i will say that the end song that they had in the credits they did have that that yeah. oldie song like dream dream that's what i was just gonna get at yeah, that the end credit song is yeah. uh, All I Have to Do is Dream by the Everly yeah. Brothers. I thought that was yeah. nice. Yeah, I agree. And, it's and, a good jam, yeah. and it's appropriate with the whole dream thing, you know? Yeah, and I like when movies go that direction for the credits to maybe attach unease to something comfort or comfortable yeah. or comforting. And then I had some score after that mm -hmm. versus being like rock jam, you yeah. know, and like yeah. completely changing your emotions immediately you know right, right. so yeah. i thought that was a nice choice but uh so yeah we did it we did it i think if you were to ever see this movie again it might not be as bad as it was but if you're to then if i bet if i was to go from this to pop in nightmare 3 mm -hmm. i mean they're so different you know? And I mean, like, this was still kind of, inter it was entertaining, you know, in its own yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It just was, you know, it's not my he, favorite. He's not Freddy. Freddy. He's not Fre yeah, it's he's, not Freddy. It's all wrong. not Freddy. Yeah, he's not Freddy, but I can also view it as um, a nightmare-inspired movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I could take it that way, so. Well, but, yeah. we don't yes. have any mail today. Yep, um, but fine. if anyone does want to send us, you know, a little note or a, a what do you call it? A voice memo or voice anything, memo. Yeah. you can send it to spafreddypod at gmail.com. That's S-P-A-F-R-E-D-D-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. Alrighty. What are we doing next week? Next week. You're going to like this. Okay. We are doing. Oh, I can already guess <laughs> why who it must involve. Yes. Uh, we're doing The Grand Duel from 1972, nice. directed by Giancarlo Santi and featuring your favorite, Lee Van Cleef. Awesome. Very yeah. excited. Uh, if for some reason anyone wants to blind buy that, I think Arrow, I think Arrow puts it out. Or ah. has a disc, and I think it's on sale right now again. Oh, cool. Site, but, yeah, um, so... But if you're feeling like, cheap, it's also currently, at the time of this recording, available uh, to watch on Tubi, uh, Voodoo Free, Pluto, and the Roku channel. So a lot of options there. You know, you have to watch a few ads, but you'll get to watch the movie for free. Uh, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, that's about it. That's what's coming up next week. Any yeah. other closing thoughts? I could be snarky and say hashtag not my Freddy, but honestly, <laughs> honestly you know, I... The wounds have healed, and um, I'm I'm okay with this movie I, now. I just love Robert I, England too much. Oh, I do too. But at, always the gentleman, you know, you can find him talking about this movie and saying like he passed the crown because he thought yeah. he, he as an actor's actor he you know felt like 
the replacement actor was a good actor mm -hmm. from what he'd seen him in. Right. And then when he talked about why this movie failed, he didn't get into mudslinging. He just got into some plot points and talked about it from that point of view. So mm -hmm. uh, once again, more reason to love Robert England yeah. that he, d he didn't trash talk and mudsling. So right, right. Very, very good. Good guy. Yeah. Um, so Robert England, call us. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right. So, well, yeah, that's it. And I look forward to seeing Lee Van Cleef yeah, next week. Yeah, Van Cleef. My, my boy. Ciao for now. Yeah, yeah, we did it. So, <laughs> ciao for now. Getting Freddy Podcast is hosted by Kevin Cablasto and Yoli Zena. Our theme music is composed and performed by Corey McGregor. This episode was edited by Yoli. You can send us feedback at spafreddypod at gmail.com. Ciao for now. <laughs>